Does anyone know what two plus two equals? Five? Correct. Anyone else? Six. Six minutes left. Correct. Simon. Um, four. And exactly what formula did you use? Tra-la, tra-la-la-la-la, twilly-twilly-dum. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast. My name is Joey. And I'm Andrew. Uh, Welcome to the fifth episode. Five already. Wow. (laughs) Hard to believe. (laughs) Um, Today we're going to be talking about our top five one-off characters. So any character that appeared only once in one episode of a show and was never heard from again. Um, so it, it was kind of a little harder than I thought it was going to be to come up with these. Much harder. Yeah, originally you proposed the idea, and it was really exciting just because you don't really think about characters who just appear once on a show, but then once the work of finding five characters yeah. who were memorable enough to end up on a list. And was... who didn't show up at another some other random point you know that was tough yeah i i spent a good amount of the time researching pretty much just looking to see if they ended up and a lot of times it was so frustrating because you thought you'd find you found one that only showed up once and then you'd really look into it and inevitably they even if it was like for a second yeah, they showed up yeah. in another episode and yeah it was a tough call i decided to play it totally uh one and done? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, if they even showed up as a background character or something, I tried <laughs> to ignore it. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so this was... So things that, I don't know, I guess for me it was just, like, characters that when I thought about them again, now they really stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, we shall see. I, uh, I'm intrigued. All right. <laughs> you want to jump right Let's in? Let's jump right in. All right. Number at number five, and I have Sven Hoek from oh. Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Nah, he is only you are Sven. He is only you are Sven. Um, this was uh, Ren's cousin, who's basically <laughs> like a stimpified version of Ren. Yeah. Like a fatter, dumber <laughs> version of Ren. Um. He was voiced by Billy West. Really? Yeah. Only once? That's what I was... Yeah. yeah. Just that one episode. Pretty. I feel like it's very... It is memorable, yeah. so it's interesting that they only went to him once. Okay, cool. Yeah. Billy West. Um, yeah. Uh, and he is just... Yeah, He's a total goofball. He's like <laughs> Stimpy. Just yeah. almost not making any sense when you hear yeah. him talking. <laughs> um, and the episode itself is a really funny one. Yeah. overall and he really makes it i mean he's what yeah. the whole thing's about um so yeah just that's a good pick i mean one thing i was thinking about is when picking the characters you wanted to pick a character who when you thought about the episode you pretty much rather than ren and stimpy you thought about that yeah sven yeah. so i think that's a really that's a cool pick because he really stands out yeah cool. anything else mm, no i guess not. all right, all right. So for my number five, I uh, I picked Todd Bentley, who is uh, from the Doug episode, Doug's Fan Club. Vinny, Vinny, Vinny. Wow. 
That's great. And who are you? Todd. Do it again. Do it again. Well, shouldn't you be out rehearsing? Judy sent me in here. Well, how come? I think she hates me. Todd Begley, if you're going to act like that, just get off my stage. Oh, brave new world that has such people in it. <laughs> come on, do that shit again. I, I did look this this kid up. Yeah. Okay. So so Todd is Todd is uh, a member at Judy's Shakespeare class for it, it's P, it's Shakespeare for Peewees, uh, and Judy doesn't like Todd very much. And when Todd is at the Funny Household, he encounters Doug doing magic. And the episode kind of starts with Doug trying to show off his magic to his friends, and nobody really cares. But Todd is just blown away by by Doug's magic, uh, and the episode kind of evolves from there, where Todd follows Doug around and is just really easily amazed. He's amazed by his room decorations, his box of just random junk. You know what, Doug? What? You're the most coolest, most neatest person I've ever known in my whole life. I- interesting fact I found is uh, Todd is only one of three. Uh, I'm sorry, only one of four people to ever. Doug ever told that he had a crush on Patty. Uh, and part of the episode is that it uh, Todd tells Patty yeah. and Doug loses his mind <laughs> on, on Todd. So, Patty, did you like the but I thought it was just kind of Todd was like a really innocent, sweet character. It was funny to watch Doug kind of with like the the shoe on the other foot because D- Doug is always the one that seems kind of like chasing after people or big fans of people. And I think it was kind of a fun counterplay to have this little kid who it's not really right to get mad at a little kid. Yeah. Yeah, I, it was a great scenario for Doug in particular. I think you could kind of relate to both of the characters, Todd and Doug, <laughs> being the annoying kid and being on the receiving end. Um, that that unwanted feeling of being a mentor. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Doug yeah. didn't ask to be this kid's hero, and yeah. so you understand the kid is really infatuated with Doug, and you also understand Doug not really wanting this yeah. role and it's a good uh kind of gray um situation to c- that could come up in your life you yeah know? where it's you don't know exactly how to handle it it's not so black and white right you know? yeah so i like that yeah good thing okay well my number four <laughs> i chose from are you afraid of the dark the sandman you are such a slime if you think that you're gonna scare me again Hi there! <laughs> uh classically played by bobcat goldway <laughs> that is an that, that is, before you start that is an excellent pick <laughs> I had another pick on my list, mm-hmm. and then it just hit me. I remembered this that wow. character totally slipped and, my mind. Um, not much needs to be said about Bobcat. <laughs> I mean, as far as what he's done. Yeah. Uh, Did you ha- do you have a clip? <clears throat> oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Young Miss, you're in the land of Nod, where everyone goes to dream. Land of Nod, and who are you? Uh, isn't it obvious? I'm the Sandman. 
And this is my home! Um, he, oh, the episode's called The Tale of the Final Wish. <laughs> so he plays the Sandman, uh-huh. uh, basically presiding over this uh, dream world or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's not even that much to the episode. <laughs> the girl yeah. just is trying to, well, she's picked on or whatever, and then she goes into this dream world where time is standstill. Is he in his pajamas? Yeah. That, that's kind of, that's, <laughs> when I think about the episode, I remember nothing but a dark room with Bobcat in his pajamas, <laughs> which is pretty great. And when he, uh, first appears showing up, um, under her bed, it's like one of the most frighteningly comic <laughs> moments in anything. Um, so eventually, you know, she defeats him and wakes yeah. up her family. But Bobcat's yeah. really the meat of the episode. Yeah. Here's the scene: you took my book, clutched it to your chest, looked out at the first star, and said, "What's so wrong about wanting to live in a place where dreams come true, where you can wish upon a star?" I wish I could, and I wish everybody would leave. I wonder if he was a like a big git for Are You Afraid of the Dark at that moment. Yeah, it seems like it. because uh, that's yeah, that does seem like it would be the time period where like he would have been in Scrooge. I, just off the top of my head, yeah, he yeah right he, around he, that, he would have been uh-huh. in, in a couple things right around then. So big, yeah, it's an odd, maybe the biggest name in our well. People became big after that, but biggest like there was Gilbert Gottfried, oh yeah, yeah, and, um, the radio one, and uh, but like people who would become stars, yeah. Ryan Gosling, things like that. But that's a that's an excellent <laughs> pick. <laughs> um, okay, uh, my number four uh, goes by t- you can call him either thing, but most people would call him Inspector Thirty Four. Left sleeve crooked label, fourth button backwards. Not bad, but not perfect. Let's try it again. Uh, he's played by John Adavino. Uh, Inspector 34 works for Crebaloom, uh, who makes the underwear for everybody in Wellsville or in the Pete and Pete universe. Uh, and one thing I just really liked about Inspector 34, when I really started thinking about it, I mean, he's odd, but... In, in a different way, he is really normal in the Pete and Pete world, that he likes yeah. everything to be perfect. And so it was kind of this great character that ran counter to everybody in Wellsville um, that that people in Wellsville started to try to behave like Inspector 34. I, I, I marked down the scenes where uh, instead of playing... Like, kick the can, the kids start doing, uh, they start calculating the probability of who would win each game. Even Pete's friends made kick the can so efficient, they no longer had to play. Instead, they calculated the probabilities of who would win. My game. Yeah. I'm beat. Let's call and Don, it. And Don, or Dad Wrigley, becomes obsessed with trying to figure out how to stack chicken bones like <laughs> Inspector 34. Come on, my little femur. Give me purchase. Um, so, he kind of, like what you mentioned with Sven for Ren and Stimpy, what you remember about that episode is not so much Pete or... Yeah. It's, it's, the episode's called Inspector 34. Uh, yeah, that's another one with a kind of difficult or challenging concept for kids yeah. to get, I think. Yeah. <laughs> this idea of this guy who's trying to be perfect all the time and then learns that... 
yeah. maybe being perfect isn't the best <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah, the uh, the Wrigleys teach him how to have a little fun. Yeah, and there's a there's a bunch of great lines in the episode. Uh, a couple a couple I jotted down were uh, loose wood, never good. <laughs> um, is there more to life than underpants? <laughs> uh, so, just I uh, one of the most memorable things about me for me for that episode was. Um, just that ending, that moment where he, like, gets them teaching him the lesson. Yeah. Moisting up? Not necessary. Then suddenly, it hit us like a truckload of underpants. Moisty naps? You're supposed to use your hands. It just tastes better that way. Barbecues are supposed to be messy. Eating perfectly is imperfect. You fail! And that... <laughs> he's blown off his feet when they kind of point out that his perfection is... Yeah, imperfect. Imperfect. Yeah. yeah. In his... You see his earth just shatter. Yeah. Really great moment. Yeah. But yeah, great character. Good one. So, I think this next one's going to be a surprise. Um... It is the Sanator's bus driver from Rocco's Modern Life. Um, oh, I don't it's recall. in the episode I See London, I See France. <laughs> uh-huh. It's when they're um, they go to Paris for something. Like to Rocco finds a girl there and he's chasing uh-huh. her, and uh, it's him and Heifer <laughs> on vacation. Okay. Um, and there's this bus driver that's from the beginning of the episode. He's like all about. <laughs> getting everybody having all of his people on the oh, bus and keeping track of them yes this is ringing a bell uh i don't remember exactly but that rings a bell yeah um so he starts just freaking out and we can listen to him here okay how could someone leave without thinking of the consequences if word of this gets out i'll be ruined i've got a wife and two kids to think of you know what about them huh where does that leave them why why what are you doing, number 13? You're not planning to leave me too, are you? I haven't authorized you to exit this bus! Get back on this bus and we'll forget the whole thing! <laughs> um, so throughout the episode, it just builds up higher and higher until <laughs> he's just screaming at them, chasing them through Paris. They ch- He chases them through the Louvre <laughs> yeah. to try to track them down eventually they escape him but um <laughs> just a really great character uh cracks yeah me up. this is uh wow this is another one that i've until the moment you said this had totally left my brain and another great bit <laughs> um it's voiced also by tom kenny who does oh, SpongeBob. spongebob yeah, yeah. very so, good love it um <laughs> Falling in line with a long list of deranged bus drivers on Nickelodeon shows. <laughs> yeah. A lot, of course, by Steve yeah, Benedict. Yeah, interesting. I wonder if somebody drove a bus at one point. Yeah. Some really, really bad, bad experiences. <laughs> I think everybody has maybe, at some point in their life, a bad experience with bus drivers. A, everybody goes bus. to school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And everybody definitely, at one point, has a bus driver who's really neurotic. Or, <laughs> yeah. Um, they're always, yeah, they're always just on edge, probably from dealing with all these people all day every day wow uh, okay 
yeah, good good pick. I, I I'm I'm enjoying this. All right, my my number three um, goes by a very simple name, Virus. <laughs> Who are you? What are you doing in my house? This isn't your house, Einstein. You're in cyberspace. Cyber what? Cyberspace, virtual reality. <laughs> You're still in the game, Einstein. Except that the rules have changed. <laughs> and you may know. <laughs> and you may know him from the tale of the renegade virus from the <laughs> from Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> That's who I had on my list before Sandman. <laughs> Oh, yeah. okay. Well, that's a relief because I I was really afraid we might have this yeah. one in common. Um, this is this is a performance for the ages. <laughs> I mean, I I marked I marked down that I, I would relate the virus's <laughs> the virus's performance to the equivalent of a a Nicolas Cage performance, <laughs> where it's just yeah. <laughs> this guy is going all out. It's so incredibly over the top. It's amazing yeah um there's a lot of good lines that oh, he yeah. has in this yeah oh my gosh the speed of light divided by the speed of sound equals <laughs> five five minutes left <laughs> and it's kind of scary at the same time the performance and the look of the guy yeah it's pretty frightening even though it's like it's funny and frightening at the same time yeah it it's on it, he's He's legitimately unsettling, just the way he looks, the br- the, yeah. the way they put the brain exposed on the outside. And at one point, the brain, like, pulses. Yes. Weird, kind yeah. of a cool effect. It is a cool effect. Uh, he's got this, if you don't remember the virus, he's got this silver titanium kind of look to him. Uh, he's played by a little person, which I kind of realized, and I feel embarrassed, but I didn't, <laughs> I guess when I was little, I didn't realize that the actor was yeah it, a little it just never struck me yeah I, not something i thought about it, i guess yeah uh, um but it's a that it, speaks to the performance oh yeah it, i don't know how to say his last name it, it, his name is paul cagliette i believe mm. paul cagliette he's a he's from canada he's a french actor i think mm. um but the whole that whole episode of course i think he is the most memorable but there's a lot of like weird stuff about that episode particularly the fact that the virus is exposed just through this wacky science teacher who wants to test out his virtual reality machine on a couple students. Um, if, if, if you don't remember, he had... Do you remember what the three time periods they could go back to that unleashes oh, the virus? Okay. Um, I th- Knights of the Round Table. Which one. is the one he picks, which is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> it is easily the worst option of the three. But. Um, I want to say the moon or space. Like, go to planet Saturn. Oh, okay. Saturn. Yeah. Um, don't remember the last one. And the other one was prehistoric times uh, to see the dinosaurs. Yeah, either of those are way better. I mean, go to a planet, see dinosaurs, or Knights of the Round t- Especially any- considering they weren't doing any effects for these. You could pick anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they don't even... Yeah, they didn't go to it. Uh, he picks it, and then he wakes up in bed, and that's yeah. kind of when the virus starts. Um, and one other thing I liked about the episode is that at the very end, it's revealed that Perhaps the virus isn't dead. That last shot oh, of his yeah, hand coming yeah. out of the garbage can. Um, so uh, it's kind—it's of, a pretty well put together story, I think. Yeah. Even though it's kind of ridiculous, <laughs> the like human version of this virus yeah. inside the system is kind of crazy. Yeah. But I still like it, and 
I guess it's like the end even is playing on that. Like, did I really wake up? Right. Kind of thing, yeah. You know? Yeah. He's got <laughs> to check that great. hand to see if he's still got that. Uh, what was it? That like hardwire yeah. like, keyboard in his hand <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah, a lot of great. Um, Mick, like uh, all the scenes of him dreaming, like in school. Yeah. Just really good. That enormous lock on his body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which the lo- isn't that. Isn't it the lock combo that yeah. he thinks will de... Turns out it's his friend who who uh, got him trapped in the system. Right, and... which plays... The beginning of the episode, Gary... Uh, Gary is late because he's trying to write this paper and the computer keeps deleting it. His computer's got a virus. And Tucker's sitting there the whole time really, like, giggling. <laughs> and... Uh, so the the whole episode plays on this idea of forgiveness, and at, even at the end, Tucker says, "Well, isn't the moral of the story forgiveness?" And uh, I I always thought it was a little intense. His friend like killing him, it's basically psychotic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. as good as that, that was right. Um, um, yeah, really messed up. But yeah, great, great pick. And the the kid who uh, the actor who plays the main kid in the episode. Um, I believe he's in another... I think he's in Crimson Clown. I think it's the same actor. He's hmm. just a little older. I'm oh. sure on that. Okay. I could... No, I don't know. I, we'll you fact, might be right. We'll, yeah. fact, we'll, fact, we'll fact check that later. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, number two. This is, I think this is going to be a little bit of a surprise. Um, it's Coach Ed Narens. I was playing for a new manager, Mr. Ed Narens. To him, losing was unknown. Imperfection? Unacceptable. Just win. The only words he lived by. Oh. From Field of Pete. Yeah. Pete and Pete. That's a, <laughs> that's a great pick. Um, he's played by Nicholas Wyman. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who's still working. Um, he's been in things like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, yeah. Chappelle's Show, and Veep. Oh, oh pretty wow. Pretty recently. Do you know who he is in Veep? Um, he was like a somebody in a senator or something Uh that she talked to in one episode interesting okay um but uh this is one of my (laughs) all-time favorite like villain type characters yeah uh he tricks older p or kind of like brainwashes both of them at first into his uh win for win at any cost philosophy (laughs) yeah just win baby and eventually they break out of his spell, but he's yeah. got a lot of good scenes of... Um... Yeah, he's the coach of their summer baseball oh, yeah, team. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that he... <laughs> I love the fact that he coaches from his car. <laughs> and, it, you know, he'll roll down his window if he has something to say. <laughs> but otherwise, he's just in his car with his window up. <laughs> and he's obsessed with Orange Lazarus. Yeah. The drink yeah. that they drink in this episode. Um a lot of great lines from him. Yeah, um, let's let's check out yeah. uh, a couple here. And Lazarus, miss. Um, sorry, we're closed. I'm sorry, Narens. I created the Lazarus for good, not for this. It is good, Bob. Good and frosty. Um, <laughs> everything about this is great. I, I love it. Uh, he's totally convincing. Um, I love the him going back and forth between like really like upbeat and happy, and then yeah. just straight into kind of insanity. <laughs> yeah, it's about the way we've been winning games. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like baseball. Yeah, is that so? Well, thanks for the update, number five. Because up till now, I thought everything you knew about baseball 
You learn from me. You, you weren't even clay. You were like, like a handful of silt. But I took that silt and I molded it into my image, the image of a winner. I made you what you are and you turned on me. Forgive him, Lazarus. Mr. Nairns? Just win, baby. Um, just win intense. It. Yeah. Win what? at all costs. Um, I think something we'll talk probably a lot about with Pete and Pete as we talk about it is just how absolutely insane the adults in the <laughs> show are. I, I mean, little Pete is weird, but... It turns out that you find out these kids are the normal ones. Yeah. The adults are in, the, in, just yes. out of control. Yeah. Like um, they all have their real life problems that they're <laughs> grappling with. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll probably address this episode again someday. I mean, it's a good enough one to yeah. come back to. Good. Really good pick. Uh yeah. Okay. So we have our second character from. We have two Ari Freda Dark characters, which is a little bit of. We talked about it. Is it a cheat because every character besides the Midnight Society is a one-time <laughs> character? But I think it's all right. And and uh, but this is our second Pete and Pete character, and uh, just a little tease. Not our last. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, before before we can uh, get to an, another Pete and yeah. Pete character, uh, my number two. No surprises. Zeke the Plumber. Yeah. Uh, from Salute Your Shorts. Good. As we mentioned last last week, um, Zeke the Plumber was the second second episode of Salute Your Shorts. And it I mean that's bold to go Yeah. <laughs> to go from Michael comes to camp <laughs> to Zeke the Plumber yeah. in which Zeke is just I, I destroying Michael. <laughs> I can't imagine them like pitching that episode. Right as the second episodes. Yeah. <laughs> like, totally departing from the whole idea of the yeah. show, kind of. Yeah. Um, maybe it was... Maybe... It wasn't... No, it was... It would have been on in May, because we did we did Sarah Madre last week, and that aired in June. Hmm. So it was, you don't even have the excuse of a Halloween episode. <laughs> uh, I love it, in yeah. any case. Yeah. Um, everything... He's one of... The most memorable things to me of all of Nickelodeon somehow that character yeah. frightening maybe more frightening than anything in Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> yeah, what Are You Afraid of the Dark was aspiring to pretty much. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, it's half goofy. It's very goofy, but at the same time, really scary. I don't know what yeah, it is. It strikes that perfect. I th- I think the balance is that he is genuinely creepy looking. Yeah. Might be the best mask since Michael Myers' uh, yeah. Halloween mask. I mean, it's like when you first see it, it's just yeah scary. You yeah. wouldn't want to run into it. And his backstory is great. The the idea that he got his nose bit off by a parrot in the Philippines. He becomes a janitor at Camp Anawana, Hits a pipe. Can't smell the gas. Explosion. Um, but 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 to contrast, his look is of course Ugg's voice. Kirk Bailey yeah. is playing Zeke the plumber. And so, again, something probably as a kid I actually wasn't thinking that much about. Like, I don't think I totally necessarily off the bat knew that it was... I wasn't thinking uh, that it was Ugg. And it it is, like, really uh, muffled from the mask. Yeah. So, you can't... It's not like you you saw the character and heard him talk and you're like, oh, that's Ugg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was the whole interesting thing about that episode was that he was... 
a ghost, but somehow Ugg was his exact version. <laughs> the the <laughs> the character that they were dreaming of yeah. became the ex- like Ugg somehow came up with that exact same thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. everything about that's great. Yeah. Getting did- your dreams with a plunger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the plunger. If you touch the plunger, you're done for. Um, I do think if you ask most anybody who likes 90s Nickelodeon if about Salute Your Shorts, I would be shocked if the first episode most people men- mentioned wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, if they remembered it at all. Yeah. It seems like it would be that. Yeah. Um, so. Well, I, I might as well just say my that's my number one. Okay. Um, Who are you? Friends call me Zeke. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. I mean, holding him up against all these other characters, even really good other (laughs) characters, he's just. I mean, if I said Todd Bentley to anybody, they'd have no (laughs) idea who I was talking about. But I do think most kid, a lot of people would recognize that name. Yeah, 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 it's a it's a it's a really good number one. Uh, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add. Um, I think that's that mainly covers it. But I think again, I want to come back to that episode at some point. You know. Yeah, I think we'll talk. I think we'll talk about it. Um, perhaps more appropriately in October. Yeah. <laughs> when they aired it. Um, yeah. All right. Great. Number one. Yeah. Okay. And so then final on my list, uh, number one was Grandpa Wrigley from the episode When Peeps yeah. Collide, mm. uh, played by the great, late great William Hickey. Um, if you don't remember the episode, Grandpa Wrigley uh, from The Adventures of Pete and Pete comes to town. He brings Rolling Thunder, which is the family, the Wrigley family uh, bowling ball, which is passed down through the generations. And actually the origin story is that uh, quote, it was a gift to my father from a Tibetan holy man whose dishwasher I once fixed. That's <laughs> um, like the perfect thing that I probably didn't notice when I was a kid, and it right. almost slips right by. It's just... Like, oh, boring exposition. <laughs> but the grandpa's explaining how he got the bowling ball. Let's get to the funny <laughs> stuff. But Even that is great. <laughs> like, let's start with the fact that, okay, he fixed dishwashers. He got it from a <laughs> Tibetan uh, holy man. Yeah, where was he? Why was he... Fi- yeah. It's just a bunch of questions under your mind. Yeah, and the whole character is just totally strange. Um, this actor, he's really memorable. He was also yeah. on Christmas Vacation. Uh, oh, yeah. He did a bunch of the voices in Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, I actually found out... I, I had no idea. I, I looked a little bit. He, he was... a he was nominated for an Academy Award uh, in the 1980s for a movie called Prizzy's Honor, which has, mm. like, Jack Nicholson, um, but for Best Supporting Actor. So this scene, probably for Pete and Pete, was a heavy hitter coming in, and he's just so strange, and he delivers my perhaps one of my favorite lines from 90s Nickelodeon. I'll, I'll play it here. It started when Grandpa brought out cookies and milk. Maybe we should go up there. No, I forbid it. The ball must be passed on. Nothing can stop it. Drink that. It's milk. So, so just the way, just the, the way he tells Don, Dad Wrigley, to drink his milk. <laughs> uh, um, it's. 
I don't. I mean, I remember as a, when the DVDs came out in like the early two thousands. I I probably rewound that like five <laughs> times. Um, I love that that relationship. Yeah, that they brought that in yes. as a character just to see Don's dad. Yeah, like dad's dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The perfect. I don't know, perfect thing to mix it, things up. And e- even the way they played him was kind of, he was kind of creep, like old creepy, you know what I mean? Like the little, you could imagine how the little Pete saw him as this ancient yeah. old man who comes into town every once in a while, and this time around he's coming with the bowling ball. And he's and, telling dad what to do, so he's yeah. like in charge he, all of a sudden. Yeah, he's emasculating their father in front of him uh, throughout the episode. And so, I, probably, Zeke the Plumber is, I would admit, more memorable, but there was just, there's something about that character that, um, I just abs- I I absolutely love. I think that's a great love. pick, and I think he, I, I do remember Zeke more, but mm-hmm. this is, I can't deny the greatness of this <laughs> performance. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and that, I mean, really this, uh, Really, it was probably better than Zeke the Plumber. The mm-hmm. actual acting, the performance, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I think it's great. Uh, yeah. That guy's great. Um, cool. So that rounds out both of our uh, top fives. That means it is time for close calls. All right. Well, um, I did. Ha- did consider Grandpa. He entered my mind, mm-hmm. and also I had Virus on my list, like I said. Virus, um, yeah. But some other ones, uh, Ghastly Grinner was always oh. one of my favorites. Yeah, good one. Um, Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Abnormal from Pete and Pete. Yeah, you know, when he sees the horror movie and he gets really scared, like he won't look at the screen. Is that season three? Uh, I don't know exactly where it was in the season. Mm, I'm blanking out. He has to keep going back to the movie over and over again because he keeps turning away, and then finally this he is looks. Pete and Pete? No, this is a uh, Doug. Oh, oh Doug. sorry, did I say Pete okay? Pete? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, I remember. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, a couple more from Doug. Um, Mrs. Stinson, his babysitter. Oh, the one okay. episode. Yeah, um, vaguely. Just a good one. And Dylan Farnham. Oh. <laughs> He, he, I considered him for Ferguson. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's not really his fault. Yeah, yeah. But I just hate how much agony it causes Doug that they have the same outfit. The Dylan Farnham look? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, really. He had some good lines. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. That's a really good one. one. Yeah. And um, this one, I felt like, almost didn't really count because it's really another character, but mm. Granny Rocco. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> turns out yeah. to be Filbert, but yeah. it is yeah. hilarious. I would, I'd count it. I'd count it. That is a good one. That's a good one. Okay, I only have one, and it's underwhelming. <laughs> that would be Kyle from Doug, and Kyle is Judy's boyfriend for one episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in the episode, it's more about the episode really. Is it the one where Doug's pretending to be secret agent, or like they're staging a... Judy has pretty much staged the yeah. entire evening to impress Kyle. Um, so everybody in the family is being incredibly weird and nobody's good at acting. It, it was more about the... Ep- I mean, Kyle in the episode it reacts to everything kind of the way you'd want a character to react, which is, this is really weird what is going on. Um, he has a really great line about a bomb. <laughs> Doug, Doug puts a note in, in, 
on the dinner table that says there's a bomb in the lasagna. <laughs> and uh, the way Kyle screams there's a bomb in the lasagna is really funny. Um, and then I, I also enjoy just kind of at the end that the whole time Kyle thought this was purposely a play. Yeah. He was he had never yeah. bought the fact that this was real, <laughs> that he actually had critiques for Judy on what went wrong with yeah. the evening. Um, so I thought he was yeah. kind, of, kind of an interesting one. That, that was the only close call I had. Cool. But I, I do agree with many of yours, and I am kicking myself for forgetting <laughs> Sandman. <laughs> 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 you all, it's almost an easy episode to forget. Like the episode It's not itself, a good episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just him. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, should we go on to Ferguson's? We shall. Okay. This was tough. This was very tough for me. Tough than the rest of the list. Yeah. Um, I think because I was like almost trying to come up with a character that was just so unmemorable that <laughs> I would just pick him. But there's, you know, you could pick background characters. So yeah, I tried you still to want someone. I, I ended up going with a so bad. It's great. Mm-hmm. Pick. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be cool. Dr. Money. From uh, oh, my brother and yeah. me. <laughs> that is a really good one. Cool Dr. Money. Um, we can hear them mm-hmm. talk about his haircut here. What are you guys looking at? Dion's Wild Magazine. Check out these haircuts. I'm getting this one with the zigzags and the gold glitter. <laughs> and I'm getting the mohawk. <laughs> Which one do you want? The one like cool Dr. Money. Right. <laughs> so this was played, he was played by Tom Delano. He was only appeared on the screen for like a few seconds uh-huh. in the episode. Um, and this was the, this guy's only IMDb credit, which was wow. Hard, hard to believe that cool Dr. Money didn't lead to a plethora of op- opportunity. So this entire episode ends up being about cool Dr. Money yeah. and his haircut. <laughs> Uh, just something that, somebody that stuck in my mind. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a really good one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mine is, um, again, you go by two names. My Ferguson pick is Prudence, a.k.a. the junk food kid, or a.k.a. the meanest uh, toddler around. That's uh, a good one. <laughs> so, the, the, for, uh, Prudence is from the Rugrats episode Showdown at the Teeter Totter Gulch. Um, and she is just a nightmare. So Tommy, Chucky go to the playground. They meet another little girl there. They really like Belinda. Um, but Belinda makes them aware that there's the junk food kid who carries junk food around with her and she's just imposing. And, um, in the episode, she smacks Chucky with a chocolate bar in the face. Uh, she puts a popsicle in Tommy's diaper. Uh, she pops a big, like, uh, bubble of gum in Belinda's hair. Um, and so, so she's yeah. the epitome of just a bully, <laughs> yeah. uh, which Tommy eventually stands up to her and the next day everything's fine. But um, I just remember as a kid hating her. So yeah, much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I remember even hearing that name and thinking not never hearing it before as a kid so i was thinking what is this? like i didn't really quite understand it somehow yeah. like is this a real name or is this <laughs> something they made up or? yeah 
Um, but yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I really disliked her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting fact that um, she was voiced by Nancy Cartwright. Mm. And if you don't know who Nancy Cartwright is, uh, that's the voice of Bart from and Nelson from The Simpsons. And if you actually watch the episode, Prudence sounds nearly <laughs> identical to Nelson. <laughs> um, so I think I think Nancy Cartwright ended up doing a bunch of stuff with Rugrats, but Prudence was her first her first character. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, that was a good one. Okay, so next we are we've decided to get in touch with a another friend. Uh, we really enjoyed our uh, conversation with Chris, and a few of you told us you had you did as well. So we'll definitely we'll talk to Chris again. Um, but this week we're going to call another buddy of ours uh, that we grew up with. His name's Alan, and uh, he lives a couple hours away, but we we stay in close contact. So we're going to give him a call. Yeah. Yeah, find out what he has to say about his favorite uh, one-off characters. Alright, let's try it. Hello? Hello? Are you there? I am. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Welcome... (laughs) Good evening. Um, so we're talking about our favorite one-off characters. Have you been thinking about this? I actually had given it some thought, genuinely, uh, from okay. when I heard the conversation kind of broach. Great. Well, should we? Uh... <laughs> we're, we're 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 eagerly uh, awaiting your. I mean, I mean, I think we we, we I, I kind of came to the consensus just from a stark of the character that, I mean, definitely Zeke the Plumber yeah, uh, would be it. one that immediately sticks out in my head. Very much so for a lot of reasons. One being I think it was kind of prominent for the characters like in movies at that time for horrors to have that like bland looking face that Zeke had, like what, missing the nose. <laughs> yeah, he did kind of have that. Go ahead. He did kind of have that classic, uh, horror movie feel at that time. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very much so. Um, with, the, the, with the ridiculousness with... of the story. Yeah. 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 And plus, uh, plus having Ugg's voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of, one of the more classic elements of, of the episode. Yeah, we both agree on, on Zeke, for sure. Was I mean, there, I uh... think there, there... Uh, you know, honestly... That one was was definitely the, the most prominent. I didn't really have. I mean, not, that only appear once. You have to rack your brain. I was, yeah, I was thinking a... back to like Silver Skeeter from in Doug. I can't remember oh, what season it was. Good. Yeah, but I'm not. I remember they talked about it more from like a recurring storyline. But I don't believe he was in more than one episode. But I couldn't definitely remember. And I would yeah, be that, pretty pretty stupid I... to think that'd be like that's my go-to. No, and then it's like, but, what do you mean? You've been multiple episodes. <laughs> the, the, with cartoons in particular, it's really tough to know if they've showed up more than once. I did look up Silver Skeeter, though, because I was thinking about another character from that episode. Uh, but um, I think that was the only episode he, he was in, at least of the Nickelodeon ones. He could have been in the Disney ones, but I don't know. I mean, but that's like, a good one. I mean, basically a ripoff of Silver Surfer. Well, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, I don't know if that ever caused, like, legal troubles down the road. <laughs> was he, I mean, because that, that is about as infringing upon a trademark as you can get. 
But all but all Doug's fantasies pretty much infringe. I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. I, I mean, Indiana Jones was yeah. uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Race Canyon. Yeah, I think. yeah, Canyon, and uh, James Bond was. Um, I, I, he there was the James Bond and Quail. Jack Bandit. Jack Bandit. Yeah. Jack, one one and a Jack Bandit, wasn't that? I mean, wasn't yeah, it, it might have been. <laughs> oh, God. Just, I mean, it's definitely hard. It's yeah. yeah it was, the only single, that are memorable. I mean, I'm sure they're clearly not memorable. That's why we can't think of them. So, at, least <laughs> yeah. I can't, at least I can't. So. We were talking a, a little bit about Are You Afraid of the Dark. Was there anybody from Are You Afraid of the Dark that stood out to you, or...? Because those are pretty much all one time, besides the actual kids yeah. in Midnight Society. Yeah, I mean the uh, the crazy haired guy with the big nose, like the witch doctor guy. Uh, I assume you're with talking he, with about he in the, with the, the ping pong, like the, the uh, what you call it episode, is where he had the guy own the store with all the pinball machines. Oh, and it was yeah. like the, the back. Was it a back in time one? Uh, he gets sucked into the pinball game. The pinball yeah. wizard, I think, is something or something like pinball that. Pinball wizard, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, that guy was pretty memorable. The, uh, <laughs> the but I guy that he was in more than either. I saw him a lot during my childhood, or in different things, or he was in more than one episode. It felt like, but to your point, they were all one-offs, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, except for Sardo and uh, Vink. Sardo and Vink, yeah, they showed up a couple times. Yeah, but well, I mean, that that would definitely be one from. I mean, there's multiple. That's definitely the show you remember. I remember the most details yeah. about kind of growing up. Yeah, it's pretty iconic. Cool, cool. Well, uh, good luck at your softball game. <laughs> I'm sure you guys will have a good, <laughs> a good run at that one. You know, so enjoy <laughs> that. I will, I will have a good time in my softball uh, game. I appreciate that. What, yeah. What's your guys' record? Uh, we're two and one. Two and one, all right. You guys wait until it gets dark out to play. Yeah, they do have lights. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you don't play at Wrigley Field in the nineteen nineteen seventies? The early teeth, the Polo Grounds. They just tore it down, so otherwise we'd be there. <laughs> all right. Well, well, thank thanks for yeah. chatting with us. Zeke's a good pick. Uh, Silver Skeeter's a really interesting yeah. pick. Uh, Pinball Wizard does. Those are good, yeah. Well, thanks for chat- chatting yeah, with us. Yeah, thanks for calling. Yeah, appreciate the invite, guys. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Yeah, good call. Um, all right, so that was uh, Call That, and um, yeah, I guess that wraps wraps everything up. Yeah, I think uh, we hit on a lot of good characters there, a lot of ones <laughs> that I haven't thought about in a long time. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, um, what, do, what do we do next week? So, yeah, next week... Uh, <clears throat> we're going to do another Versus episode. Mm-hmm. And this time, it, we're going to do two episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark that both feature clowns. Yeah, so comparable uh, in some way. Yeah. So that'll be Laughing in the Dark versus The Crimson Clown. Oof. Some of you may, some <laughs> of you may remember. <laughs> pretty Two pretty memorable episodes <clears throat> to me. Yeah. So we're going to get into that. So if you want to have fun with us, start prepping now. Start searching online. <laughs> you can watch them. Yeah, they're available. These are available You can buy there. these. Yeah. yeah. For These are definitely, you're able to rent these on Amazon Prime for like a dollar. Um, and they're probably available in more shady ways. Uh, <laughs> um, so that'll be really fun uh, versus next week. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, all right. So if you want to get in contact with us, in, uh, you can contact us on Twitter at BOC Podcast, as in Big Orange Couch Podcast. We've really been enjoying talking and getting really? in touch with people. So uh, that's that's really cool. If you want to shoot us ideas, we, we definitely are open to any ideas, whether it's episode review versus or um, a list, whether it could be best of or worst. Uh, we I think we eventually want to get to a yeah, yeah. not so good list. Yeah. Um, so email us at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Podbean. We are on iTunes. Uh, always nice to have someone leave a review. But as always, it's more helpful if you want to tell a friend. Um, so hope you guys dug the episode, and we'll see you next week. See you then. Thank you.